0: All right, well, let's turn the word of God to Judges, Judges chapter six. And uh, I just want to say, uh, God is good. Amen. Whatever's going on in your life, God is good. And you need to listen to the truth of the word of God. Amen. I know the devil's going to, when things are down, the devil's going to whisper in your ears. And he's a liar, he's the father of lies. That's all he knows how to do. And so we're not going to listen to his lies. We're going to, amen, listen to the truth of the Word of God. We're going to rest in His faithfulness. As I've said so often, listen, when uh, life happens as it does, if you can only be faithful in one area, if you can only be faithful in one area, be faithful to rest in the faithfulness of God. Whatever's going on right now, just be faithful to rest in the faithfulness of God. Amen. He will take care of you. All right, Judges uh, chapter 6, you know the story, but we're going to read verses 7 through 16. Judges 6, verses 7 through 16. Say this, And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried in the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and drove them out before you, and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Now, verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abizirite and his son Gideon, and thresh wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? Well, that's a good question. Huh? Man, I've been faithful to the Lord. I've been trying to serve him, right? we did this. I mean, you know, if he's there, well, then <laughs> what's up? I mean, come on, God, what's up? What's going on here, right? We ever felt that way? We ever felt that way. Maybe you Maybe feel that way tonight. I know other times I've you felt that lie that way, you know. Man, Lord, I'm just trying to serve you. Why has all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us in the hands of the Midianites. Boy, he was listening to the devil's lies, wasn't he? The Lord's forsaken us. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Let's pray again. Father, we come before you, and Lord, again, Lord, you're worthy, you're faithful, Lord, you're true. Your word is true. And uh, Lord, we are thankful for that tonight. Lord, we want to believe you. We want to rest in you, abide in you, lean on you, cast all our cares upon you. You're our refuge. You're our fortress. You're our buckler. You're our shield. You're our shield. You're our strong and mighty tower. You're the lifter up of our head. Lord, you're the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, and Lord, you are all that we need. And Lord, we're so thankful that that's true tonight. Lord, you know what people need tonight. You know what they need physically, financially, spiritually. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen each one and their man with might by thy Holy Spirit, dear God. Lord, clear their heart, clear their mind, uh, dear God, and give them clear direction of your will. Lord, as we say, always say, you have a will in every situation, and we trust you with it. And so, Lord, I pray again, teach us, guide us through your word that in everything you'd get the glory and have their preeminence. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry, Sister Baruch taught me that little switch. I forgot to flip it. There's a little switch on an apple. I'm new to apple, you know. I finally got an apple. My wife been bugging me to get an apple, and I said, you know, last time my wife talked her husband into getting an apple, it didn't work out too good, but I went ahead and got one. So anyway, so have to, that's all I'm saying, all right? But, uh, this, uh, of course, you, you know this great story, but let me ask you this question. What is your picture of yourself, or how do you picture yourself? I guess that's a good question. You know, when you think of, okay, in my mind, this is, you know, sort of how I I picture myself. And, uh, you know, I've mentioned before, you know, I'm, uh, I can't believe I'm going to be 59 this year. But anyways, I'm too young to be this old. But, you know, still, 59 years old, when I picture myself, as I've said before, to me, you know, that inner self, I'm still that little 12-year-old boy riding his bicycle down the street at midnight, having no place to go. That's, you know, in my mind, you know, how I think of myself in that sense, you know, that's sort of where I come from for myself. But where do you, I mean, you think about, uh, you know, who are you or how do you picture uh, yourself? That's a good question. What is your picture of yourself? Well, I'll give you a moment to think about that. And then if you're safe tonight, here's the next question. What is your picture of yourself? In Christ. What is your picture of yourself in Christ? Another thought there. So let me say this, because Christ not only wants us to see Him as He really is, right? Christ wants us to see and understand Him, how He really is in His Word, but He also wants us to see ourselves as we really are in Him. He wants us to see Him how He really is, right? Uh, Wow! But he also wants us to see us as we really are in him and go, wow, again, (laughs) right? That's what he wants. So you've probably heard people say, hey, you had to see it to believe it. And, of course, that's true in many situations. But it comes to a person's potential in Christ, often the opposite is actually true. They have to believe it in order to see it. Unfortunately, many of us don't see or cultivate the possibilities that God has put in us, or that we have, Amen. He supplied for us in Christ. Often, we instead of looking at the picture, how uh, the picture that we should have in Christ, we simply picture ourselves and stay with that picture. Right now, again, I say in myself, I'm that little 12 year old uh, uh, boy riding the bicycle at midnight and has no place to go. But that's I don't live my life based on that now because I'm saved. Right, so I don't, I don't, I want to. Li- I don't want to live myself as I picture myself in myself. I want to picture my. Li- I want to live my life how I picture myself, or how I am in Christ. See, and now I got a motorcycle. Just joking, right? I want to picture that. So, because often when we're just looking at ourselves, our low opinion of ourselves will keep us from believing. Keep us from believing we can ever blossom into something wonderful. And that's unfortunate because low self-esteem puts a ceiling on our potential that we have in Christ. If you want to achieve your spiritual potential, you must see yourself not as you see yourself, but as God sees you in Christ. You're valuable to God because of who you are in Christ. Since you got saved, God now sees you and Christ and through Christ. Aren't you glad for that? You know, you're sitting there and we're, man, I'm looking at myself, man, Jeff, you're sorry, you're stupid, you mess everything up. That's right in myself, but I'm glad that's not what God is saying. He's seeing me through Christ. And you're valuing him, right? Of course, because of what you cost, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave everything to redeem you. And you and you and you and you. He meant everything to redeem you. And you are valuable. And also because of what you are and can become through Christ. It's always through in Christ, through Christ. And of course, before you took your first breath, I believe, right? God had a plan. He's got a plan for everybody. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I mentioned this verse not long ago. Anybody quote it? Can you quote this, sister? Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yes, if I give you the first words, you know it. For I know the thoughts I thank towards you, saith to the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now we know, right? You might be talking about Israel here, but every one of you in Christ, right? He has an expected end for you. And that plan can only be fulfilled in and through the person of Jesus Christ. Accepting just how much God values us begins when we understand just how well He knows us. And boy, does He know us. He knows everything about us, even from before we were born until now. He sees, even now, He sees all of our weaknesses. He sees all of our mistakes. He sees all of our wrong motives. And yet, He places the highest value on us anyway. In fact, He chooses to use us in spite of ourselves or in spite of our weaknesses, however you want to look at it. But as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. His strength is made perfect. So God is glorified when we allow him, amen, to work through us. Nothing can make someone more unlikely, even unwilling to lead than feeling inadequate like We see here with Gideon, but God doesn't choose leaders and he doesn't choose his workers and he doesn't choose his helpers based on their natural talent or ability. He can use those things, but that's not necessarily why he chooses them. Again, Gideon is a good example of that. Neither does he choose them based on their age or experience. We're thankful for that, (laughs) right? But God chooses leaders based on their right availability. I like that, right? We may not always have other abilities, but hey, we can all have availability. And on their willingness to walk in obedience to Him, walk in obedience to Him and not trusting in their own strength. Believers who see themselves through God's eyes are able to find, right, their identity in Him. This gives them confidence and courage, not in self, but boldness in Christ. They become intentional, right? Confidence and courage, right? In Acts, right? They saw the boldness of what? Peter and John. They saw their boldness. Now, you read a few chapters before that, it didn't seem like they had much boldness, right? They were denying Christ. They were fleeing from Christ. But boy, once they got on the other side of Pentecost and, and uh, right, were full of the Spirit and walking the Spirit and had a better understanding of who they were in Christ and all those things, right? They had some boldness. They had some uh, courage. And so, uh, when believers understand that, they become more uh, intentional or uh, living consciously about living a life that matches, if you will, uh, who they are based on their relationship in Christ. So, as we realize and accept who we are in Christ, that's what we need to do. Finally, as we accept and surrender, right, realize, hey, yeah, we've got our shortcomings, but as we look at and focus on who we are in Christ, we can begin a never-ending, if you will, growth journey as believers and keep growing and keep, as we talked about this morning, making a difference in the world, amen, and being a blessing to others. So let's notice these verses. Begin again in verse 7. Now, of course, he's talking to, to Israel here, and we see uh, in, in verse 9, notice that, notice what he says to him. God sent a prophet. He says, I delivered you out of the hand of Egypt, right? He brought them, and we know Egypt's the type of the world. He brought them out of the world. That's what he did for us. Out of the hand of all that oppressed you, he gave them victory over their enemies. That's what he did for us. And drave them out before you, right? He's, he's uh, driven our uh, enemies and gave you their land. He said, He did this. He did everything for them. He did it all, just like he did everything for us. And then in verse 10, he says, I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites, whose land you dwell. He already told him, he, told he said, Listen, I've already uh, driven them out. This is your land. He had already told them they could live in victory. Listen, there's no reason you shouldn't be living in victory. I've delivered you, I took care of them that oppressed you, I drave them out before you. Amen. The blessings are yours. But then what do we see, right? Let's look at that again in verse 10. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. If you're not the gods of the Amorites whose land you do, ye dwell, then we see that next word, but. The big eraser. That's what that word is a lot of times, right? It's the big eraser. You know, You know when people are talking to you, say, I want you to know how much I appreciate you. I just think, Man, yeah, I just think you're one of the greatest people I ever met, but, you know. Right. And then, you know, what that it means everything they just said, trying to pat you on the back. It doesn't mean anything. All like, that. Right. Erased it all. And, you know, that's what happened. God said, hey, I did all these things for you. You could be enjoying the blessings. But you know what? You missed out on it because what? You have not obeyed my voice. You wouldn't believe me. All right. They didn't believe what they had. Amen. In God, they did not obey. They believed and lost out. They failed to believe and live according, if you will, to who they were based on their relationship with God. So we see God brings them an example. And of course, we see here where the story of Gideon begins. And what's he do? He chooses one of the weakest among them. He chooses one of the weakest among them. Boy, I found that sometimes you look at people and you think, man, that person's got talent. That person's going to go somewhere. That person's going to do something for God. Well, I look at uh, some of the missionaries I know today. And I remember when we were all a bunch of young goofballs. Now we're old goofballs, but we used to be young goofballs, right? And man, and, and, and I remember I, I'd meet some of them and I'm like, man, this guy's got to have problems, man. He is that's sort of, And you know what? They stayed with God. And now today I look at us and said, man, those are some of the best missionaries I read. Those guys are amazing. They're still out there serving the Lord. of fact, one of them's in Moldova, right? We're talking about Moldova right? Uh, uh, and and uh, I think, man, Richard Marr, if you ever heard of him, man, I, I knew him, man, when he was young, I thought, man, that guy, and today I look at him, I tell people all the time, I say, man, one of the best missionaries I know is Richard Marr. I just think he turned into a great uh, uh, missionary there. And so, you know, you can't look at them. You got to look at them, They when they when who they are in Christ, and they step out by faith, and man, what God does in their Life so God brings on Gideon and we we know the story. God comes to him and what's he saying in verse twelve? The angel of the Lord appeared and said unto him, "The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor." God says to him, "You see, he wasn't uh, he didn't ask uh, uh, Gideon. Uh, you know what do you think of yourself? How do you picture yourself? Because that's how I want to relate to you. No." He, he came and immediately said, this is how I picture you. This is who you are. This is what you are, if you will trust me. This is who you are. You're a mighty man of valor. And, of course, in verse 13, Gideon begins to whine. Ugh, I hate whiners. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if thou be with us, why then again is all this befallen us? Right? Lord, if you're with us, if if you're the God that uh, everybody says you are, that our forefathers said you were, man, I've been listening to preaching my whole life, and they told me this is the kind of God you were, and I've even preached some of that myself. I've even told it to other people. But now, look where I'm at. Now, look where we are at. Where be all the miracles where our fathers told us about? Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? Right? And so he begins to whine. Gideon began to whine, and what was he doing? God just told him, hey, listen, this is who you are. You're a great man of valor. But what he does, he just ignores that and begins to whine about his situation and circumstances. But they were in those situations, circumstances, not because God wasn't faithful, not because God had forsaken them. But why? Because they didn't believe God, because they didn't obey God. That's why they were in those situations. But, right, it's just like people in society today. See, believers can be like that, right? It's always somebody else's fault. In that what it is in society? It's always somebody else's fault. And believers, right? To us, it's always, well, God's fault. Here, I've been trying to serve God. All these things uh, befell me. Man, what's up with that? But they were in those circumstances because they were not living based on what God had told them already. But... You know what? He ignored God. And you know what? God ignored him. And the Lord just said, okay, all right, you want to whine, but listen to this. And the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might. Look at that. He didn't say go in my might. He said, go in this thy might. Right? Hey, this is what I've given you. I have given you the might and power you need to have the victory right? Well, you're in Christ, All right? He's, so, what he's saying, go on this, that might, make it yours. That is what faith does. That is what faith is supposed to do. What does faith do? Everything, right, that Christ has done for us, everything that we have in Christ, faith helps us take possession of that, right? When I, when I by faith, trusted Christ, what happened, right? I, I identified, I participated in his death, burial, and resurrection, by faith, and then I participate in all uh, that he is and provides for me when I believe him. So he says, go in this thy might. I've given this to you. I've given you the power. Make it yours. Faith makes the truth of God's word ours. That's what it does. But in verse 15, he said, oh, my Lord, wherewithal shall I save Israel, right? He's still looking at self. God's sitting there trying to go, hey, right here, Gideon, right here right here. That's what God's saying to us. Tonight. Hey, you, right here. Right here. Right here. Right? Get the eyes off circumstance. Quit your whining. Quit complaining. Why is this befallen? Quit blaming God just right here. Right here, son. Get, stop. Hey, look at me. Still look at itself. Question. Are you guilty? God is looking at you and He's saying, man... Uh, uh, these are the blessings I provided for you. This is who you are and what you are in me. And what do we do? We ignore him. So let me ask you a question. Are you guilty of still looking at self? Are you going through life right now? Uh, woe is me. Man, I, I heard all this. Looking at self, limited self. When God gives you an opportunity to achieve something bigger in his name, he says again, verse 14, right? And the Lord looked on him and said, go in this thy might and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And then uh, verse uh, 15, he's still looking itself. But again, I'm glad the, the Lord. Amen. So I'm glad sometimes, you know, the Lord just needs to ignore us. (laughs) Aren't you glad the Lord ignores you sometimes? Hey, look, I think about some of the things I've prayed, and boy, am I glad the Lord ignored me, amen? I think about some of the other things I thought about. I'm glad sometimes the Lord ignores us, amen, in the right reason. I'm glad He pays attention at the right time, but I'm glad sometimes He ignores at the right time too, like He did Him, ignores Him. And look what He goes on and says unto him, surely... I will be with thee. That word surely means indeed, in fact. Or you might say, listen, consider it done. Listen, what I'm telling you, amen, consider it done already by faith. You've already won the victory. Verse 10, surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt indeed. It's a fact. Consider it done, that you have smitten the Mennonites as one man. That's how he expected him to go forth. He expected him to go forth like it's, it's a done deal. The victory's already won. It's a done deal, right? That's how God wants us to live. You're just, you're just going through uh, uh, the motions. Hey, you don't, uh, 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 tonight's a, a Super Bowl night, Right? Uh, Had to mention it, didn't I? Uh, But you don't think like one of them teams would have liked God to show up and say, listen, you've already won. It's going to be 54 to 14. Just go out there and play the game. You don't think those guys would have come out, fired up and ready to go if they knew it's already done. I got to go out there and just play the game. Hey, listen, we've read the end of the book. It's already done. It's already done. Our job is not to keep score. It's just to play the game. Amen. And get through the motions here. Right? Till the whistle blows, amen, or the trumpet sounds in our case, amen, and game over. We're out of here, right? Get out there and do it. Because, you see, once God determines something, it's done. Let me give you an example. Question, all right, here's a a tough trivia question. When did Christ die for your sins? 2,000 years ago or before the foundation of the world? That's what I got. Answer is yes. Very good. You look at my nose. Cheater. Huh? You're right. You're right. Right. The answer is yes. Did he die two thousand years ago or did he die before the foundation of the world? Yes. There's your answer. He did. Because you see, the, he, we know that he, he still had to come and do it. But in the mind of God. When God, in his own counsel, it talks, I love the way it talks about there in Acts, right? You know, God got together with God. Amen. And boy, when when, when God made that decision, if you will, right, it was done. It was settled. It was settled. It was good as done. And in God's mind, right, God said, Gideon, hey, it's as good as done. You've already won the victory. Listen, all these things happening in your life right? Everything being right, you've already won. Done. It's a fact. Surely, indeed. Hey, I didn't say surely, okay? S-U-R, don't, okay. Surely, it's done. And, we, and that's what Christ said. First Peter 1:20, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times, right? And before the foundation of the world, Done, but it was still manifest. He still had to come and go through the process, and we're glad he did. Revelation 13:8, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb. Here it is. Slain from the foundation of the world. There it is. And so, thank God, Gideon finally steps out by faith after several times of testing God, right? Right? This is a story where we get, you know, putting, the, putting the, the fleece out, you know. And boy, this is a good story that really shows the patience of God with an individual, right? We see he had a lot of patience with the nation, but thank God he has patience with individuals. Well, I'm glad, amen, in the last 30-something years, God has had patience with this individual, right? So, but you know the story. He steps out there, and finally, the mission is accomplished, just like God said. We don't need to read the story. We know he gets us 300 men. We know they go out there with the pitchers and the things. And Judges 8.22 says this, The men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us, but thou and thy son thy sons also, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. Just like God said, he wasted all that time. He could have saved a lot of time. He could have got it done a lot earlier. He could have been home in time to watch the Super Bowl, right? If he'd have just done it when God first said it, if he'd have just done, he could have saved a lot of time if he would have just believed God the first time. how much time and heartache and worry and anxiety could we have saved in our life if we would have just believed God the first time and stepped out, amen, and did like he said. What a wonderful thing. He said, listen, this is who you are. Listen, God walked in and said, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor, sounds good to me. Where's the battle? Let's get this thing over with. I got things to do, amen? Let's get this battle over with. That's the way it should have happened. Just walked in. God said, "Yeah, mighty man of ours. Said, Sounds good. Let's go out there and get something done, right?" But no, we him and we haul. You know, boy, how many of us are guilty of that? God walks in and says, "Boy, this is what you are, and me, right? Uh, I've given you all you need to have victory. I've given all you need, amen, to have joy. I've given you all to know my will and all these things." Boy said, oh, man, you should get them. Hey, let's go out here and get it done." But we're like, "Well, you know, uh, I know this one guy, and well, I've heard no." uh-uh. That's not the way it is. Get out there and believe God, amen, and believe what you are in Christ. Turn over, we'll just finish up with Psalm 139 to remind us listen, we don't need to try to convince, you know, oh, well, Lord, you know, I'm not worthy, and Lord, I, I don't deserve. It. A lot of that's just hypocrisy, anyways, right? because we all think more highly of ourselves than we have to think if we're serious. I mean, come on, let's let's be honest. But he already knows. Listen, before he saved you, he already knew. Before he decided and said, hey, Benjamin, you mighty man of valor, you're the one I choose, he already knows. You don't have to sit there and go through a bunch of things. He already knows. Look at Psalm 139, verses one through five. Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou, ha- thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. A lot of times it's not a good thought. Wasn't a good thought when it was afar off. Wasn't a good thought when it got close. Thou knowest. Thou compass my path and my lying down. Thou art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue. Boy, could really park there a while, couldn't we? Could really park here a while, but I won't go off on gospel and all that stuff. I'll be nice. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Now, look at this. He listened. he knew this. Verse 1, thou hast known me. That, verse 2, thou knowest. Verse two, again, thou understandest. Verse three, thou art acquainted with. That word acquainted means to know someone intimately. Now, a lot of times when we say, well, he's just an acquaintance, we usually think, oh, well, we don't know very well, right? But here when it says thou art acquainted with me, it means he knows me very intimately. He knows all the details. Verse four, again, there's not a word, Lord, that you didn't hear. Right? That, again, verse four, thou knowest me altogether, but yet... You laid your hand upon me. Amen. Thou laid thy hand upon me. He came in and said, well, Lord, I'm this and I'm that. Listen, I already know all that. But you know what? I still know who you are, my son, and I still want to bless you. And I still want my good hand to be upon you. And I still want you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I still, amen, want you to understand who you are in Christ and I want you to reach the, your spiritual potential in my son. You see, these verses here are a good reminder that he already knows all about us and how we are in self. So he already knows how we are and we already know how we are. So this is a reminder. But what we need to be, we already know this, so we really don't need to be reminded of it. What we need to be reminded of and learn all about ourselves who we already are in Christ. That's what we have to learn. We already know what we are in self. There's none good, no, not one. What we need to learn and be reminded of is who we are in Jesus Christ. Thou mighty man of valor, thou mighty man of valor, thou mighty man of valor. That's who you are in Christ. In Christ, we can say, thou mighty man of valor. God is looking at you tonight, if you will. And again, he's saying to each one of us, in Christ, thou mighty man of valor, amen, the victory's yours if you'll believe me, if you'll trust in me, if you'll rest in my faithfulness, that victory is already yours." So, go out there and play the game, amen. Don't worry about the score, just get out there and play the game and know when the trumpet sounds, you've already won. So, God is looking again, thou mighty valor, What will you allow me, God is saying, what will you allow me to accomplish through you? So let us believe and let us see who we already are in Christ. And let us start living as the person, start saying to you, start living as the person you already are in Christ today. Amen. And never stop. Let's pray.